Side Hustle Show 295, a local service business that scales. How a little part-time house cleaning business went from zero to $60,000 a month in revenue and how its founder has scaled back to working on it just minutes a day. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you're already an entrepreneur. Your day job is just your biggest client. Hat tip to Julian Gordon for that one. In my first conversation with Chris Schwab, he said, well, I tell people I work on my cleaning business about an hour a day because five minutes doesn't seem believable. So Chris is the founder of thinkmaids.com, a residential house cleaning service in the Washington DC area. He started on the side actually while he was still a university student. Less than two years later, that business is doing 60 grand a month worth of cleaning work, all without Chris ever lifting a mop or dusting a shelf. Now, I wish I could say the same thing for the house painting business I ran in college. I did way too much painting. So stick around in this episode to hear how Chris came up with this idea, how he found his first customers and cleaners, and how he manages the entire business remotely. He was actually in London when we recorded this. It's not just the pace of growth or the savvy marketing or the limited time involvement that makes ThinkMade's and Chris's story compelling, I think it illustrates a broader opportunity for side hustlers to provide and perhaps disrupt local service businesses in general. So if you're thinking, yeah, well, I don't want to clean houses, stay tuned. I promise Chris doesn't disappoint in this episode. So notes and links are at sidehustlenation.com slash clean. And while you're there, you'll also be able to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Chris's top tips from the call. You should also be able to grab that in the episode description of your podcast player app sidehustlenation.com slash clean for that download. Now, no matter what service you provide, you're going to need a way to get paid. And I rely on our sponsor FreshBooks when I need to send an invoice to clients or to advertisers. And I know I'm just scratching the surface of what the award-winning cloud accounting software can do, but know this. FreshBooks is trusted by more than 10 million customers and recommended by 97% of small business owners. So odds are you're going to like it. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today with no credit card required. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Chris after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. It's actually a really simple business. Like at its core, a clean company is just someone who needs cleaning and you're connecting them with someone who's good at cleaning. And then you take a part of the profit, right? That's fundamentally what it is. There's nothing overly complicated about it. After I really thought about that, I started really getting into it. I started researching the competition and such. Were you like a clean freak? Like you always had to have a super clean apartment or, (laughs) you know, was it something you like loved doing yourself? That's so funny. No, uh, it's complete opposite, actually. To be completely honest, this was just an opportunity I saw and I seized. It wasn't, you know, some innate quality I had that fit me really well. I am not passionate about cleaning even 1%. Right? But um, I just saw that there are all these older local business owners, sort of 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s who had been running their business for decades, right? But they were just really bad at marketing themselves online. I mean, they may have a Yelp profile or a really bad website from the 90s, but essentially that was it, right? No online booking you know, no consistency, there's no reliability. And so I started really researching competition and finding all the things that were kind of bad with them, right? The things that they were doing wrong. What I realized was all the one star, two star, three star reviews, they were all business side of things, right? They may all be good at the actual service of cleaning, but they may not be reliable. They may be hard to reach. They're not very consistent. There's just so many bad business practices that they had, and they've just been doing that for decades. And so and these are Yelp reviews? Specifically Yelp, yeah. 
And so I figured out that if I could do the business side of things pretty well and just offer good customer support and ease of booking, that I would be miles ahead of them in actually being able to grow. And the only hard part that I had to do then was the marketing and finding good cleaners. Once I had that sort of second realization, that's when I really started to get into it. And I, you know, I made the website. I put up an ad on Craigslist to find some cleaners. I had them clean my home. And that's when I had them actually clean the home. That's kind of where I was like, okay, you know, I can actually do this. Okay. Interesting. So really kind of applying some more, you know, modern and, and strong business admin practices to a business at its surface, you're saying is not rocket science. Like anybody can do this and it's just a matter of interfacing with the customer as well. Yeah. The barrier to entry is very low. And so of course there's a lot of cleaning companies, but there's just not that many people putting a lot of effort into it as a full business. So I just figured I would give that a try as a side hustle. I really only put a couple hours a day into it at the time, but I practiced my phone voice. I, I practiced the booking and I, I practiced all that stuff, you know, how to deal with complaints. A strange side hustle, perhaps. I really practiced everything and I really got really into it. But it was kind of surprising to me because I turned out being right instead of just <laughs> instead of just, you know, getting cocky and, and, and not actually getting any bookings. I started marketing and I started getting a lot of bookings from people and a lot of referrals from our original people who booked because they liked that consistency and that reliability. And if there was a problem, we really went out to make it right. So I started getting all these referral bookings and new people that I didn't even have to market to who were booking with me. And it just started taking off from there. And I kind of had to make a decision halfway through that final semester of college if this was going to be a side hustle or if this was going to be a full-time business that I actually did. Tell me about your first customer because there are a few moving parts, right? You got to, you said, hey, I'm not going to do the cleaning myself. So you got to have some cleaners in place. And then, you know, then you've got to fill the demand side on the customer side. Tell me about those first bookings. They were terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never really worked a full-time job before. I'd never done any of that stuff. And so I didn't really know how to deal with people in that sort of service business type of way. And I, I'm quite a headstrong, blunt type of guy. So I, I was quite worried that if someone was going to BS me on the phone, I was going to call them out on it. And, and that's probably the worst thing you could do, right? So I, I was worried about how I would react if I was put under pressure. Those first few customers I got from a, a website called Thumbtack, which, you know, if, if your listeners live in the US, which I suspect a lot do, they'll probably be familiar with Thumbtack. I went into Thumbtack with a couple hundred bucks to advertise with. And I really chose that as my main marketing source in the beginning because I saw it was growing really quickly in, in my area specifically. And so I decided to put in some bids. On Thumbtack, you have to pay Thumbtack in order to reach customers. Um, so I, I paid them to reach some of the customers. Customers go on to Thumbtack and they say, I need a cleaner and you're the guy. So you have to pay a little bit to respond to that request for proposal. Right. And the hard part about it is they get at the time, it's 20 now, but at the time they had a choice of five pros with five different profiles and they could see all their reviews and their hires. So I looked at all the best pros in my area, even if they weren't cleaning related, they were a great painting business or a great exterminator, for example. I actually studied their profiles. I studied their templates, how often they followed up with customers. And I made my own templates and my own follow-up sequence. So most pros on Thumbtack would send it, they would pay five or six bucks to send a, a customer a quote. And then if the customer never responded, they would just leave it at that. But what I did was I really set out to dominate the cleaning section on Thumbtack in DC. So I had a, a five-step follow-up sequence, essentially, where I would send them the original quote. I'd follow up with them an hour later. I'd follow up with them a day later, two days later, three days later, four days later, right? So I'd be consistent with it to show them that I really wanted that booking. 
I would show them our checklist and our, our booking process, and I would even give them a personalized link on my website. So it's a really cool plugin I installed on my website, which would do thinkmades.com forward slash the person's name. And when they put that URL in, they'd be taken to a pre-filled out booking page where all they had to do was put in their information. So I really impressed them by doing th- little things like that. And so I set out to really dominate that thumbtack section by consistent follow-up and just little impressive touches like that. That's awesome. What plugin was that? It's called the Launch 27 plugin. It's it's for a very specific booking platform that I use. So it's, it's not something that works with everything. I mean, it sounds cool though. Oh, it was really cool. It was a godsend. What was the booking software? Launch 27. Okay, that's the plugin and the tool that allowed you to accept bookings. There's the booking software, but this was just an experimental plugin that happened to be released at a good time that I used. It was just lucky, I think, for that. But that and the other thing I kind of figure out was for pros on there, most of them, because they've been in business so long, they stuck to a strict nine to five schedule. And after 5 p.m., they weren't on Thumbtack. They didn't care. I did. As a new business owner, I did. So I had Thumbtack notifications on my phone. And from 5 p.m. to 8 a.m., I got all those bookings in the D.C. area because everyone else was closed. So just by being attentive and on my phone, I actually got so many bookings in the middle of the night. It sucks to be woken up, but it's 200 bucks, right? (laughs) So it's worth it. (laughs) Okay. So you're the hustling college student saying, hey, I can respond at all hours of the day and night versus, you know, having an office assistant that leaves at 5 p.m. Exactly. Being very responsive is so important when when there's so many other people competing with you. I think in anything, really. Thumbtack has been brought up on the show before. And the guy really mentioned that, you know, you've got to respond quickly if you want to have any hope of of getting that bid. But then he said that might have been the reason that he was let go from his job because he was responding during the day for his side hustle stuff. I think people will be happy to hear that, look, there's still a ton of business that you can book in the off hours, um, you know, without having to risk your day job potentially. Yeah, it's interesting. At least in my area, there's even more because everyone else is at work during the day too. And so they can only book the services. The customers can only book the services when they're home too. So, right, right. you know, it's just win-win at night. Did not having any reviews on that platform hurt you at the beginning or didn't seem to matter? I think things like that do hurt you, but I was lucky that people took a chance with me. I think they saw how responsive I was, articulate and uh, the promises that I was making, the guarantees that I was giving them that I was serious about, uh, they decided to take a chance. Uh, My very first booking ever was a lady named Maria. I still remember her name. It felt really, really real when she booked on my site. She took a chance for me. And after that, it's actually pretty hard to get customers to leave reviews. I was lucky that she left a review right after the cleaning for me. So as soon as I got a few hires and a few cleanings, I had some authenticity there. And people started taking a chance on me and it got a lot easier from there. But the first, I think the first few hires are the hardest on anything. Yeah, for sure. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor Taylor Brands is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like 
LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Was the ThinkMades.com site as robust then as it is now, because it's a, be- I mean, it's a beautiful looking site, which I think is another point of differentiation between your service and some other local business services. Did it start out like that or was it more basic at the beginning? Oh, thank you. It was a lot more basic. It still looked nice in comparison to the competition, I would say, but nothing special. Now it's beautiful. I'm, I'm proud to say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Maria uh, books with you and she, and, and you say, okay, well, now I got to fulfill this. Did you have cleaners? lined up? You mentioned the Craigslist ad and, and trying and trying them out on your apartment. What was that part of the process like? I always recommend people have cleaners first now because it's a lot of pressure when you have a booking, but no cleaners. That is, <laughs> it's <laughs> You're like, oh crap, I got to go over here tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. You, you get worried and then you're thinking, oh no, maybe I'll have to do the cleaning, but I don't know how to clean. So there's a lot of thoughts that go through your head. I have a different way to do it now, which is really cool. I can talk a little bit about, but at first, I went onto Craigslist and I put up an ad. I basically said, hey, we're winding down for the summer. We're a new cleaning company that's getting a lot of bookings. We'd love you to have come work with us. Here's our rates. And our rates were significantly higher because I wasn't looking to make a profit at, at the start. So they were significantly higher than the competition we're giving. That brought some really good cleaners. Uh, we had a couple those first couple of cleaners for a long time, actually, until you know one of them went off to do a, a painting business on his own. We got lucky with the first two teams we had. They basically uh, responded to the ad. I set it up. I invited them to my apartment and they did a test clean. And I didn't really know what to look for because I wasn't a cleaner. But I, I looked around for about five seconds and I went, okay, it looks clean. Great. Thank you. And then I decided to trust them. I had nothing to lose at that point. So I decided to trust them and uh, they did they did a great job. But I do hiring a little bit differently now because sites like Craigslist and Indeed, they're so full of people looking for jobs all the time. And it's just not a good environment for finding really good teams. So what I've done now is I kind of reverse engineered sites like Thumbtack, where instead of going to job sites where I would ask people to submit their resume to me and I'd look at it and then invite them, 
I would actually go where they were looking for their own customers, which is the same place I was looking for my customers in Thumbtack and Yelp. And I would just pretend to be a customer and send a request for a quote. And in my message, I would really say, hey, I'm, I'm not actually a customer, but I do have a lot of cleanings for you. We're a new cleaning company and we would love to talk to you. We've seen your profile and your reviews and you look fantastic. So we just kind of uh, did that a little bit differently than I think most people find their job candidates. Okay, interesting. So you would put up your bid, I need so I need a cleaner, they would respond and you would look at the best responses and say, hey, gotcha a little bit. I'm actually a cleaning company too, but I like your attitude. I like your responsiveness. I think you'd be a good fit to actually work with us. Would you like some more business? Exactly, exactly. And you you get a lot of pre-vetting because those sites have profiles and you can see how they've interacted with people before. It's like taking away half of your hiring process immediately. They do it for you. They pre-vet them for you. So if you if you have a profile of someone who responds in five minutes and they've been on there for three years and they've got 200 hires and they're all good reviews, the chances are they're going to be really good at what they do, right? And so you're going to want to talk to them. It's just a, a great way to cut down on all this unnecessary time that you'd otherwise spend looking for people. Okay. So you send your, your first Craigslist cleaners over to Maria's house. Do you go there too? Or do you just trust, hey, here, here's the address, knock yourself out? <laughs> I did not go. I was very nervous, though. I was very nervous. Uh, so one of the things that I implemented early on was a very uh, sort of strict follow-up policy, where I would follow up with people the day after their cleaning. So the cleaning happened, and I was thinking about it the whole night. I was thinking, is she going to be angry? Did they screw up? I know they showed up, because at the beginning, the first few months, I would have my cleaners text me when they're arriving, just so I would know that they're alive, you know, um, which is nice. And so uh, I knew they came and I was really just waiting for tomorrow morning at that point to call her and check that everything went okay. And so I called her. I didn't get her. I got her voicemail, but she texted me later saying it was fantastic. I'll leave you a review. And I just got really happy because I didn't realize how much nerves was involved the past two days when I got the booking and when she, they went to the cleaning. There was I was excited, but I didn't realize how much how stressed I was by it because I'd never done this before. I just felt so ecstatic after she said that. It really meant a lot. <laughs> yeah, when you're opening the doors of your house to somebody to come in and there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And so, yeah, there's there's a big high level of trust for sure. Yeah, especially when it's someone's house because your own house is so intimate, you know? So there's something about bringing in someone else outside to clean your house. It's something I never thought about because I'm happy that they take the stress away from me when cleaner comes. But a lot of people, their house is a very intimate place as I've learned, unfortunately. And so you have to really do everything right. Otherwise, the smallest things can really set people off. We've not cleaned the top of someone's fridge by accident. We've had people shouting at us before because of stuff like that. So there's really something intimate about being in someone's home. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's like, I can see up there, but my wife is like short enough where she can't see it. And she's like, oh, I would never think to dust up there. <laughs> okay, tell me about the pricing. As you mentioned, okay, we're going to pay higher at the beginning to find uh, good people. I don't care about making a margin at the onset. I imagine eventually you do care about that. So did you have to lower, you know, the rates that you're paying or just charge more to customers? How does the pricing work on this? Yeah, this is kind of a classic pricing tactic in, in hindsight, but I really wasn't thinking about it at the time. I was a psychology major for reference, so you'll see where this comes in. What I did was to actually get my initial prices, I looked around, when I looked at all around my competition, I wrote down what their average prices were for, you know, one bedroom, one bathroom deep clean, a two bedroom, one bathroom deep clean, et cetera, because I was determined to be a quality premium service. I basically tacked on an extra 20% to the price and called that my price. 
And what I did in the start for new customers, because I had no reputation, I had you know nothing to show them, and I was presenting a really high price, there's no incentive for them to book when they can go for a lower price with someone who's been in business 20 years. So what I did was I presented that really high price and I said, this is what the price would normally be. However, because we're relatively new, I actually want to offer you 35% off at this price. And that actually got a lot of people to book. So I basically scaled it. The more I got hired, the, the more the discount decreased. So I started off at 35% discount and I paid my independent contractors 65%. So I basically, I didn't make money, but I didn't lose money either because I was just reputation building. So I did 35% discount the first few hires and then 30% the next 20 or 30 bookings, then 25, 20, et cetera, all the way down to zero. And we do still give discounts, but it's for very specific things. You know, if you're a new mother, for example, we'll give you 20% off. You don't need that extra stress. But in general, people abide by our prices now. But certainly at the beginning, it's, it's huge to give those discounts as, as an incentive for them to book because you need to give them some reason to actually book with you. Okay. I was going to say that was a very gutsy move to come in with no portfolio to speak of and say, yeah, I'm going to tack on a 20% premium. But then you position it as a higher value service and say, Hey, for, for new customers, it's, you know, we have this one, one time discount. Okay. That makes sense. What else worked on the marketing front? Was Thumbtack the main driver or did you start doing SEO or I'm just curious what else was driving business? So at the beginning, I did a little bit of SEO myself, but I'll be honest, I was absolutely terrible at it. So it just didn't work out. Uh, I have a friend who also owned a cleaning company in, in, in Madison. Um, and so he started helping me with SEO as well, which was which was great. But at the very beginning, those very first few months, I really just concentrated on dominating Thumbtack. I actually kind of knew that if I went on 12 different platforms and tried to do really well on all 12 different platforms and do the sales and do the calls and everything else, that there was just no way I was actually going to make any progress at all. So I just decided to double down on the thing that the one thing that's been working for me and really make it work and, and squeeze as much out of it as I could. So those first few months, it was really Thumbtack. And then I started migrating to Yelp and Craigslist and SEO and you know Google AdWords. But at the beginning, I pretty much credit all of my success at the very start to Thumbtack. You think it would work similarly today for somebody somebody else starting up in this space? I would love to say yes. There's really two things about that, right? So with local businesses, a certain platform or tactic might work really well in one city. And then the next city over, it might not work at all. Or across the country, it might not work at all, right? So in some cities, Thumbtack is the best. In others, it's Yelp. And in others, HomeAdvisor is the best place to get business for your cleaning company. It's so local that anyone who tells you that this is the best thing, they don't know what they're talking about or they're, they're not telling the truth. There's no one thing that's the best across the whole country for a local service. That's the first thing. Second thing was just really with Thumbtack, I joined at a very good time, I think. I joined at a very lucky time where it was experiencing a big amount of growth, but it wasn't mainstream yet. So I was able to get in and sort of ride that wave up as people discovered it. And I was building my profile up to be one of the top pros in the area. So I was able to really ride that wave. But Thumbtack, unfortunately, has had a lot of changes recently where they changed it from having five pros that would bid on one customer now you can have 20 or 25 sometimes. So you're competing with you know, five times as many people as you were before. And if your prices are high, which mine are, your conversion rate goes down because they will find people who've been hired 6,000 times and they're all five-star reviews and they're only going to charge you two cents, right? They will find those people and they'll always go with them. So Thumbtack was good, but the demographic, the way you market, everything changed for the worse. I still get a lot of business from there because I have such a built-out profile. But new people, I don't hear as many good things about it for. So personally, I would look for something else in 2018. I appreciate your honesty on that. 
Anything else as driving customers? You got, I mean, probably a good referral engine, a good repeat business engine going at this point. But curious, if you were starting today, you know, how would you market this thing? A huge part of it is how you take care of people you've already cleaned for. And so there's a cost of acquisition in any type of business for new customers, right? But the thing is, it's always more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to get an existing or past customer to book with you again because it could be basically free to get those people to book with you again. So many local business owners that I talk to, they don't have any follow-up system in place. They're not touching base with people months later. So they, they get a new client in, they clean for them one time, and if they don't become a regular customer on the spot, then they forget about them and they never think about them again. And that's really unfortunate. What we did pretty much from day one was develop a really robust follow-up system, and we hit them in a few different ways. So I'd do the phone call the day after to make sure the service is good, We'd also tell them about our discounts for regular service. We'd probably convert maybe one out of five on good months during the summer, one out of four, maybe to a regular customer just from those follow-up calls because people are looking for regular service, but they don't think about it unless you ask. And when you ask, they go, oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let me sign up. Regular service meaning, okay, we'll come back next month or you know, every two weeks or whatever. Exactly. You, you don't push your boundaries. You just give them those discounts and you kind of present the option. Uh, and a lot of people actually take that. So the phones is important. But the other two things that are really powerful for me have been text marketing. So everyone's always, always talking about email marketing and how powerful it is. But you have to have a lot of numbers in your email list often to make it matter. You might have success with an email list of 600, but I think that's quite rare. And when you're a new local business, it takes a long time to have an email list in the thousands. It really does. And email response rate is really low. If you get a 5% response rate, you're probably a pretty happy guy. But texting has a 98% open rate and it has a huge reply rate as well. I think it's 70% or something. I forget the exact percent, but it's huge. So I took all the email marketing that I was going to do, and I just did it over text instead. And so I would text them you know, once a month if they wanted another cleaning, if they wanted a deep clean with a slight discount, let me know. If it was spring cleaning time, I'd offer them a spring cleaning discount, or I would do... So one year, I, I talked to a home organizer, and we did a little deal where she would come in and organize someone's home, and we would come in and clean it. And people loved that deal together. So we texted all our past customers that dropped off that deal. And a fair amount of people who wouldn't have booked with us again actually booked with us because of that deal. And then we clinched a lot of those people and we brought them back in for regular service. So text marketing has also been a really powerful way to follow up with people, even six months, even a year later. Wow. Okay. I like this idea of partnering with other local service providers that are going to be in a similar or complementary space. Was there... A specific software tool that you're using or are you like texting your existing customer base like individually you know one by one <laughs> I, I wish at the time I, I wasn't i was just doing things manually which sucked i didn't have a va yet or anything so it was just me sitting in my room the office it was really just my bedroom um texting away for hours yeah. <laughs> so i was just manually texting everyone by hand is there a different way to do it now there's a platform really cool platform called simply texting where you can send out automated text for reviews and for discounts and such as well. So that's a way better way to do it than I was doing it. Yeah, well, a 98% open rate, it sounds like a really cool kind of innovative way to to communicate with customers. And it's probably preferable in a lot of cases. I don't need more, I need more email. or it's, it, it breaks through the clutter a little bit. So I like that. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and 
you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. The logistics of this, this is, I mean... So first of all, the regular business, this is one reason that house cleaning is better than painting is it's like, well, if I'm going to need my house clean, you know, every month, it's going to get, it's going to keep getting dirty house painting. It's like, well, I might not paint this thing again for another 10 or 15 years with the other thing that I struggled with in the painting business was just the, the logistics of managing all the bookings and the crews and, you know, where to send people when, and it's like, oh, we got to go pressure wash this thing beforehand. And there's a similar amount. It's like, well, you got multiple crews, you got multiple customers, multiple like time slots that you've promised you're going to show up. You know, tell me about the logistics side of this and managing it from your bedroom while going to school in, in during the day. I'll be completely honest with you. It was truly awful. It was really stressful. I was learning Japanese at the same time. I have a Japanese girlfriend, so I was learning it for her. I was learning at the same time and I would have to leave Japanese class or, or IT class at the same time, two or three times during the class to respond to a phone call. There was just so many phone calls coming in. And my teachers, they kind of understood, but not really, because they still viewed me as they viewed me as a student, not a business owner, right? And so they were like, Why are you leaving class? You can't be leaving class all the time. And I was like, Well, you know, if my team is locked out and they can't get into a customer's house, I can't be like, sorry, I'm in class. You gotta leave and deal with it, you know? You can't leave them out there especially during winter, <laughs> that would have been awful. So the way the logistics kind of worked at first, my marketing was kind of working too well and I was growing too quickly and I, I didn't have enough teams to keep up with the demand. And so I was doing everything manually at first and I didn't really have systems built out yet. And so I didn't have a set schedule. I was just dealing with things as they came in. And so I didn't batch things at all, which is which is a great thing to do when you're able to. And so I was just dealing with things every two to five minutes. And it was really exhausting to deal with phone calls and then texts and scheduling and booking. To answer your question, you don't need a physical office because if your teams are already out there, you don't need to be sitting in an office to do that. You can sit anywhere and text them or call the customer if there's a problem, right? You just need a phone to do any of that stuff. So there, there wasn't any, any logistical magic at the beginning that was happening. It was really just a case of being on the ball and being really responsive. But the problem with that was it wears you out over time. And it's exhausting if you're just one person handling six or seven cleaning teams all day. And so I kind of reached this point halfway through the semester, uh, Halloween was coming up and I was just excited to get so many bookings that I actually accidentally overbooked myself a lot. I would go from getting four bookings a day and suddenly I got 16 bookings in a day. And I was a happy man. I was like, this, this is amazing. I'm so happy, you know? Like I was riding this wave of growth, but actually I wasn't riding a wave of growth. I was just being stupid because I overbooked all my teams and I didn't think to ask my teams if they wanted to work the day before Halloween and Halloween. I didn't think about their families and the fact that they would want to be with their families too. Yeah, I just threw the bookings on their schedule. And uh, the night before and the morning of, they all texted me, oh, we're not cleaning today. Sorry, bye, basically. And half my teams called off on Halloween day. And so I had like a dozen bookings that were not covered. 
And the problem with that is everyone, every independent cleaner, every other cleaning company in the city, they were booked weeks ago. And so I had the situation where I was overbooked and I didn't have the teams to clean. And I had exams at the same time. It was really stressful. I had angry people calling me and texting me and, and rightly so. I, I kind of screwed them over because um, I didn't have anyone to clean. And so I got so stressed out by everything that was happening the same day, basically. I just had this sort of epiphany where it was like, I have to decide now that I'm at this point of growth, if I'm going to continue, I need to get someone else to help me because I can't do it all myself. I'm at this point now where it's just too much for one person to handle without screwing up a lot. And there's this thing that cleaning business owners talk to. There's a guy I know called Derek Christian. He talks about the cleaning business valley of despair. And it's uh, between two to $500,000 in revenue a year, which is where I was right in the middle of there at, the, at that time. He re- basically was saying to me, and this really stuck with me, that your business is growing a lot and it's growing fast, but you can't afford a full-time office manager. You can't afford help. You can't afford to outsource things and you can't afford all this office space, but you need the help. And so you're stuck in the middle where you need it, but you can't actually get access to it. And I was really feeling that at that time and I was stressed and I kept thinking and thinking, how can I get an office manager to help me with this even part time? There's just no way I can keep doing this. And so I kind of, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan because I love traveling the world and all that stuff. And so, of course, I've read Tim Ferriss' books and he talks a lot about virtual assistants, right? And so, I kind of started thinking, wow, is there any way I could have a virtual assistant do this for me? At the time, I quickly discounted the Philippines. And I thought, no, no, they have to be a native English speaker. There's got to be some way that I can have a VA handle this for me at a price that I can afford. And so I found two wonderful ladies in New Jersey and New Hampshire who had VA experience and they had office experience, which is more important. And I basically talked them into running my office for me remotely and training them on my scheduling introducing them to my teams and telling them all the quirks of each team, teach them how to handle the phone. I really taught them everything in about a week of how to run my cleaning business because the very next week I took off to Tokyo for 10 days to, to see my girlfriend. <laughs> There's a trial by fire. It's like, I'm going to be on the opposite side of the world, you know, crazy different time zone. Here you go. Hand over the keys. It was nerve wracking every day. And there was a lot of problems those first couple of days, but they, they really uh, caught on quickly. I was very fortunate. So it wasn't too bad. It was more mental than anything. It was more more in my head than was in reality. But the really cool thing about this was the way that it could be affordable and you could still get quality. So with a normal office manager, you're paying them eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, even if they're not working. And the thing is, with a cleaning business, you're not sitting down for eight hours solidly working nonstop. It's really two minutes here, 15 minutes there, seven minutes there. It's really chunked throughout the day. And so the way I agreed to pay them, which is what quite normal with VAs, is you pay them basically by the minutes that they work. So they're available the whole day for things that come in, but you pay them the cumulative amount of time they actually worked. And so this hit the sweet spot where I was able to afford them to cover things full time and actually still be able to pay myself a little bit on the side. So that was kind of how that worked out. And then all my other local business friends saw how I was running things and they started coming to me. They were all in that valley of despair too. It's a common point where you start thinking about it in many local businesses, I think. I'm sure you have this in your painting company too. And so they started, you know, talking to me about training virtual managers for them. And so that's kind of how my my second side hustle was grown organically out of a real need that I had that other people that I knew had as well. So I started training virtual managers for their local businesses too. All right. And this has turned into innovalocal.com, a virtual assistant service solely dedicated to 
local service businesses and, and doing exactly what you said, kind of helping people who are in this valley of despair and uh, need a way out. Yeah. Is that the main focus today? So you see, you kind of like have these, is it still the same two women who are primarily running the the painting show? It actually is two different ladies right now. That was through no fault of the original ones. Uh, just as I grew and as this VA company grew, I learned how to do things very differently. And I had my way of training and my way of doing things. Um, and so I actually uh, have two different VAs in there now. They're really wonderful as well. So there was a, a change in, in leadership at ThinkMaze. Now, out of curiosity, where did you find those original two VAs? I think it was Upwork. I, re- I really can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> Upwork is a huge freelance marketplace, and so that was kind of the first place that came to mind. I was just curious if you had some other <laughs> secret resource that you wanted to share. Sure. I'm happy to share where I find all. So so Innova Local is about, we have about 40 full-time virtual office managers now, and most of the ones that we find, we find them from a couple different sources. Upwork is one, but it's not as common. Most of the time, we find them through old VA-specific forums. People who've got a lot of office and VA management experience tend to congregate there, and Facebook groups as well. So there's different, you know, office manager niches on Facebook in those groups. So I really join those groups and I talk with those communities and I reach out to promising candidates. So Facebook groups and forums, I'd say, are the main two that we use now. Okay. I think it's an example of, you know, opportunities become visible once you're in motion. So here's a personal pain point of yours. Turns out other people dealing with the same thing. Hey, there's an opportunity to serve a different client base, you know, with this VA service. Yeah, exactly. It's I know. Remember, I talked about you with it before. I kind of call it side hustle stacking, where you have an original side hustle, and then a need comes out of that side hustle you have to solve, and then the need comes out of the next side hustle that you have to solve. It's this really cool concept that I'm seeing in real time in my own life as I go on to my third project. So you've you've effectively delegated the management of ThinkMades. Now you have the Innova Local. Are now have you delegated the management of that service too? Like you just kind of on to the next thing? That's actually what I did. So I delegated all ThinkMades and then I built Innova Local up this past year. And I've really been building out the management team. So I have a salesperson who does most of our sales. I have a, a bookkeeper and account manager. She deals with all the billing and other stuff. And then I have a VA manager who helps handle client issues and VA issues as well. So she's kind of the she's kind of the mama bear of all those, all the people involved, all the clients and the VAs. So I've kind of outsourced maybe 90% of the management, but I'm still involved a couple hours a day with it. I haven't systematized and delegated it to the extent I have with ThinkMades yet because I'm still very involved with it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> just curious, like just on to the next thing. You're a serial side hustler, serial uh, entrepreneur. It's really cool to hear. But what's what's the new project? What's the latest thing that, uh, that you got cooking? Yeah, so uh, I'm starting, I, I'm literally just launching right now a real community for local business owners that's not a part of social media. It's on its own platform. And this kind of came out of a need. I've been in the Facebook groups for a while now. And I'm, one thing I'm, I'm genuinely sick of is being in all these free Facebook groups and being sold things all the time. Even paid groups, you're being sold stuff all the time. The thing is, if a business owner is putting 20 to 30 hours a week into their free group, it's really not free. They're treating it like an email list. And so they may drop an interesting nugget here or there, but for the most part, there's always an ulterior motive behind that. They're always trying to sell you something, right? And after being in that environment for years, I'm really tired of it. And I want a genuine place to actually connect on a meaningful level with other local business owners. And so I've been starting this community for local business owners where we're going to be doing challenges together. We're going to be you know, doing monthly book clubs where we read business books and actually dissect them and apply them in real life to our businesses. There's going to be a lot of really interesting community building things that we're going to be doing together. So it's just sort of born out of a need to connect on a deeper level with other business owners and not just on a business or, you know, what can you do for me level? 
a way that we can actually grow together. I wouldn't call it a mastermind exactly, but it's kind of between a community and a mastermind. Okay, because you found the, some of the tactics or some of the marketing strategies, hiring strategies for a you know service business is going to have parallels you know on other sides of the country and different side or different markets, and you don't have to worry about well I'm, I'm not competing with you because I don't clean in Denver or wherever. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm fortunate in Nova Local we work with about 40, 42 uh, now different local businesses all in different niches. And so I've had a very interesting opportunity where I'm in everyone's businesses and my own, and I'm able to see what different tactics and strategies are working from hiring to marketing to sales to operations. So I'm seeing it at all different levels from people doing a hundred thousand a year to $3.5 million a year in revenue. So I'm getting to see all these really interesting tactics and strategies that work all over the country. And I'm able to apply them to my own business and to each other's businesses as well. And so I want to start sharing everything I've learned from my own clients as well. They want to share it as well. It's not me just taking it and you know throwing it out. I always ask them first, give credit where credit is due. And so I want to start sharing these things with other people who can really be, you know, get value out of it. There's always enough to go around for everyone. And so I even share all of my tactics with my competitors in DC and they've become some good friends with me as well. So if you think people are competing with you, but most of the time they're actually not. And it's far better for you to always share, I think. Did you ever consider or are you considering going nationwide, expanding the cleaning business geographically? I thought about it and I don't sound like it. So you have to trust me on this one, but I'm quite a lazy, I'm quite a lazy guy and <laughs> expanding nationwide is a big task. I don't believe that. For a minute, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so I've entertained the thought and I've had maybe a dozen people or so talk to me about franchising it, but the franchising process, I looked into it a little bit. It's very extensive and it's just not something that I want to do at this stage in my life. I'm, I'm quite happy with where it is and I'm not looking for this huge, you know, boom and in, in growth. I just really happy with where it is right now. So maybe in the future, I might, but it's not something that's really on the horizon right now. Okay. So localbusinesshustlers.com is where you can find the membership community for local business owners. This Chris is primarily for people who are just getting started or already have something that's up and running. It's a bit of both. The initial round that we're doing right now is more experienced business owners. But after that, over the next month or so, so by the time uh, this episode airs, it'll be much more welcoming to new business owners as well. It's something that I really want to see help new business owners that they can actually use as a complete resource. So yeah, it's something that new ones can use as well. All right. Check it out. Localbusinesshustlers.com. Obviously, I love the name. <laughs> Thinkmaids.com. If you want to check out the cleaning service, what Chris has got going on on that website, again, really well designed um, as a point of differentiation. And Innova Local, if you happen to be in uh, the position of running one of these local businesses, local service businesses, and you're, if you find yourself in the valley of despair, check out Innova Local. It's I-N-O-V-A local.com. Chris, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Clarity is probably the most important thing you can have, not just in life, but in business. So every time I sit down to think and reflect on what I want to do and where I am, or any time that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have hundreds of tasks to do, which sometimes I really do have hundreds of tasks, it's a horrible feeling to not know what you need to do next or, or what priority you need to do things in. So every time you can really sit down and reflect and think deeply and make a plan of action and have that clarity is so important to you. And you'll always feel better and perform better as well. So every time I do that, even if I think I can't afford to do that because I'm already too busy, I naturally get happier. 
I naturally perform better and I take more action. So anytime you can prioritize and clarify what you need to do, you should always do that. Okay. Take the time to um, prioritize and get some clarity on what your actual next steps are, because that 100 item to-do list is just going to stress you out. I believe that 100%. Chris, man, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. This has been great. I've learned a ton and I'm looking for local opportunities now. You, that's, that's the mark of a good call every time. It's like, well, I could totally do that too. <laughs> Chris, again, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much, Nick. I really enjoyed this. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com, the cloud accounting solution that's recommended by 97% of small business owners. I was chatting with Rob Eng, who's actually a senior marketing manager at FreshBooks, about a new feature they're rolling out called Proposals to help you win more jobs. We found that our estimates is a great feature when you kind of know what the job is. But we wanted to help business owners win more jobs, and that's through Proposals. So we're pretty excited because what that is is really an expanded estimate that allows you to add content, images, uh, you can show what value you can provide to your client upfront, and which includes maybe attachments of your work, if you're a designer as an example, testimonials from, from other customers. You could even outline you know, how you want to proceed with that project. And what's great is it's all integrated within FreshBooks. So when you do win that job, you can easily convert that into an estimate and you could have them pay upfront or a deposit and have it all synced in so it's all within one system to make things a lot easier for you. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for bookkeeping bliss in rockstar support. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Chris. Number one is to play matchmaker. Chris's business is an interesting one because he skipped a step. What I mean by that is a lot of us start businesses in an area of expertise, something we know how to do, and we offer that up as a freelance service. The trap is there's a natural ceiling to your earning potential there. I mean, you only have so many hours a week that you can work, and it can be tough to break through to the next level of hiring help because oftentimes the clients are after your specific expertise. And to avoid that trap, Chris, skip that stage altogether. It reminds me of Russ Perry from Design Pickle in episode 248. And the line that I remember was, I sucked at design. Not what I expected to hear from the founder of a multi-million dollar graphic design company. So takeaway number one is to play matchmaker. And playing matchmaker is really powerful because if you can do the business functions well, like Chris has, it frees you up to tackle pretty much any niche you like or any niche you think there's an opportunity. Takeaway number two is don't hire, recruit. The best service providers in any field probably aren't trolling the help wanted ads. They're probably out practicing their craft, whatever that might be. I thought Chris's hiring strategy was really smart, going after professional cleaners and offering them a chance to fill more of their calendar. You think you could apply the same tactic in your field? I really like that one, and I'm thinking of ways how I may be able to uh, borrow that one for my own use. So that's takeaway number two, don't hire, recruit. And takeaway number three is to keep stacking. Remember, the best opportunities aren't visible until you're already in motion. That was a number one tip from Ryan Finley in episode 72 and perfectly illustrated by Chris here. I know this one can be hard to believe if you're watching from the entrepreneurial sidelines, but it's 100% true. Choosing what's next doesn't mean choosing what's forever. I've had a dozen different projects and they all stemmed from starting 
the first. In my case, it was house painting, which led me to real estate, which led me to building affiliate websites, which led to this show, which has led to, you know, more ideas than I can count. It's not that some people are just magically more creative or have more business ideas. It's that they're the ones putting themselves in situations where the new ideas present themselves. So be one of those people, get started, stay started, and keep stacking. That's takeaway number three. Be sure to hit up sidehustlenation.com slash clean to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Chris's top tips from the call. And on that show notes page, you'll find links to all the resources mentioned as well. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet a friend of mine who's turned his side hustle career blog into a full-time business with several diverse income streams. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.